0: Siddhant and I'm back here again with Vishruv. Hi. And so our topic of discussion for One Level In today is, will the need for medical services go down as technology develops and starts to replace some of the general jobs and services?
1: Yeah, so uh, I can start with my answer to that question and I think um, it definitely won't. Medical services have always been an essential factor of our daily lives and that ranges from caretakers to nurses to human emotions. For one, in many senior care living centers, you can't really have machines uh, replace the human emotions that the elderly mm-hmm. feel and the needs that they require. That ranges from transporting to different parts uh, of their residency to simply having someone to talk to because many of their loved ones are far away from them. And again, in a hospital environment, going back to the nurses and doctors, um, Sid, what's what's your input on this? Because I, I think that I
0: feel like you know... yeah, I feel like I feel like for a lot of medical products and services the factors that, that start to like play in, um, they just aren't replaceable. So, so there's so many examples in the world right now, such as how you pay people before it was credit cards within you, like was re- re- such a revolutionary thing. And now it's, you can just pay from your phone. Retail workers are being replaced by online sales and self checkout machines, but medical products and services will always be necessary. And technology can't replace everything that's there.
1: Mm-hmm. And yeah, and so going back yeah, to, to the example of like a hospital environment, if you're performing a surgery, like you're a surgeon, there's actually mm-hmm. a statistic that predicts that there's less than uh, a 33, which is a one third percent chance that surgeons will actually be replaced by some sort of technology uh, in the near future. And that's simply because Technology is uh, so prone to simple errors that humans may may be able to see ahead of time. And a lot of patients don't trust that technology all the time because, yeah, in the the medical, yeah, Mm
0: -hmm. in the medical environment, you're asking the doctor at first to trust you're trusting them with your body. But now you can't let you can't risk having this machine malfunction inside your body and that is why the the chance that surgeons will be replaced is so low and because machinery there's even though it might seem like this sort of technology is perfected it's it's it will never be perfected there's always a chance of some sort of risk which is why surgeons are given such importance because you're Mm -hmm. you're letting someone handle your body and work on your body
1: Mm -hmm. And there's a large part of uh, impracticality in having, uh, going back to the surgery example, having some sort of technology or machine performing that in that, first of all, it's hard for it to access all the equipment, because uh, there's a lot less um, sort of connection between the technology that's performing the surgery, and the nurses or doctors that are around it, right, because now they can't Mm -hmm. give input if they see something that that technology doesn't recognize, now they're gonna, they can't intervene in the middle of the surgery, right? So it would require like a a whole new process to undergo right after and patients wouldn't be happy with that. And another thing is there's so many cases, uh, especially in the modern era, where when simple science can't pick, where science can't like uh, through MRIs or CAT scans, it can't recognize a problem within the human body. Mm-hmm. But that doesn't mean that person isn't suffering, right? There's cases where yeah. we just don't know enough, and we can't see it with our current technology. Where th- there's pe- there's patients that are visibly in pain and that are complaining and that are truly hurt and that need our help, but there's no uh, physical information that we can give to uh, a machine, for example, to solve that problem. Sometimes it's just a yeah. matter. Of of talking to the patient and really understanding, uh, understanding how they feel because machines, as much as they might know about us, they can never truly understand human emotion, and that's yeah, one of the major I've, reasons yeah. that humans are always going to be necessary in that hospital environment to take care and connect with the patients they serve with.
0: Yeah, and going back to what you were saying earlier, like I also have made I've realized that for the medical field specifically, the stuff we're learning changes every single day. now if you program this this machine um for some sort of task and what if it doesn't recognize something as you were saying before like Mm. it's clueless right Mm. and the stuff we're learning is changing every single day and these machines won't always be capable to make these sort of adjustments that surgeons and people are able to do
1: yeah exactly and a great example of that was uh, earlier, you know, in like February when coronavirus was just starting to pick up pace and spread all across mm-hmm. the world. We had no quantifiable data like uh, MRA, yeah. uh, mRNA sequences or anything like that, that we could input into the technology to then recognize. Because at the time, this virus had virtually come out of nowhere and we didn't, yeah. we didn't know much about it other
0: than that it spread
1: really, really fast.
0: And the reasons we have, yeah, the reason... The reasons we have millions of cases of the coronavirus now mm-hmm. are essentially because we ha- we are clueless of what to how to treat it and how to react to it. And mm-hmm. if we've trusted our lives and if the medical if the whole medical field is controlled by computers and robots, they would also be clueless on what to do when, when the corona- something like the coronavirus comes up. And mm-hmm. that is another reason why. The number of cases is so high right now.
1: Yeah, 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 exactly. And if 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 that if we had replaced so much of our uh, healthcare staff with those with those machines and those robots during that first coronavirus time, that disease would have killed so many more people. The the reason yeah. that the death a large part of the reason that the death rate is so low is because doctors and nurses were able to quickly recognize the specific symptoms that the patients were feeling and were able to mm-hmm. quickly adapt using technology uh, uh, to basically relieve their symptoms. So I think it's less of a fact that technology will replace humans as it's much more as more a combination is humans, of
0: both. They have to mm-hmm. I think it's work more together. like,
1: yeah, humans will learn to have a better connection uh, with technology and replace some of their um, mm-hmm. older old-fashioned tools with this new technology that's more accurate. Yeah.
0: And I feel like, important- yeah, I, what you were, wait, just, just before you move on, um, mm-hmm. what we were saying before, I feel like humans and technology have to work together. Instead of technology completely re- replacing humans, mm-hmm. the technology can just be used to assist the doctors mm-hmm. and nurses yeah. and such because- Using the, using the technology should just be used to help the surgeons or, or doctors, not mm-hmm. replace entirely.
1: Yeah, and another thing is, there's so many uh, diseases in the world that are constantly changing or that work together with one another. Like they're kind of like uh, side effects um, of one another. And the only way to recognize and treat them largely is with experience. Now, machines, in order to gain that much experience based on simple input without actually uh, without actual emotion, that would take years and decades years. to do. But doctors have been practicing this day after day, and they know exactly what to treat and how to treat it, and they can recognize it faster than ever.
0: Mm-hmm. Like yeah. when you're training a sort of neural network model, which is what you use in the computer science field for these sorts of, sorts of things. And, and you input a sort of database of information. But mm-hmm. for things that are still developing now, mm-hmm. the, you can only give so much data to this computer. Yeah. And if you don't have enough data, you're leaving a lot of a big gap or risk. Mm-hmm. And that can, those risks can lead to the loss of someone's life. And mm-hmm. so you can't entirely replace humans with um, computers because of the big factor of stuff that aren't yet, you know, identified and mm-hmm. stuff that aren't entirely, like, mastered yet.
1: Yeah, definitely. And going back to that, uh, I, I like how you mentioned, like, the risk part of it. Um, if, if a new, and, and the data, if, if a new disease popped up, It's not just implementing uh, data from that disease into uh, the computers and the the code and the technology that we use. It's also learning how, it's also that technology experimenting with its code in in a sense that it has to be done over and over and over again to, Mm -hmm. for example, to perfect a surgery or to give the, give the perfect. Uh, give the perfect medicine based on the symptoms that it's told because there's Mm -hmm. so many there's simply so many combinations uh that you can feel and you really need so much more uh questioning that needs to be done uh with human to human interaction to truly understand what they're trying to say because sometimes um computers can misinterpret the the input that they're given that's not not on a coding standpoint but more of Um, The language or the phraseology that the patient is trying to put in order to make that computer understand, it it, it doesn't always recognize that vocabulary like a normal
0: doctor would. Sometimes the human interaction between patient and doctor, whereas the interaction between patients and like the machinery that's used or like any Mm -hmm. of the technology, it can be interpreted differently because human to human interaction, it just converses differently because doctors can interpret what this patient is trying to convey and Mm -hmm. based on that um, they can treat it in a certain way but machines can always misinterpret um, what this patient is trying to convey Mm -hmm. and also when it comes to the patient when the, the when when it comes to the like the conversations that they've had The humans can have interactions, like the doctors and nurses can have interactions between each other and work together on what they might think, which includes, Mm -hmm. that has multiple opinions on something that might not be recognizable, but with machinery, they take just the facts and data that they've been given earlier to make Mm -hmm. one single conclusion. They don't look for the other options that it might be something else or it might be something else. It's the one thing that they think is the most likely. Exactly. Even though it might be the one thing that's not as likely. Yep, I agree. So now there's one thing I wanted to bring up um, that I've been thinking about recently. So if treatments have been developed more and are faster now, will people need long-term solutions?
1: Um, I think you bring up a good point of treatments getting faster, but long-term solutions, in my opinion, will always be necessary. And the reason for that Mm -hmm. is because Many diseases that humans are inflicted with today, they can't simply be cured in a sense that giving them uh, an antibody or a pill or some sort of drug will immediately solve the underlying problem. And a great uh, example of that would be cardiovascular disease. If you mm-hmm. have high blood pressure, right, you might take tablets that, for example, uh, push water into cells, or you know, you might go on a diet that includes less salt so that you you're not Yeah you're reducing your blood pressure. But the problem is the reason that your body got to that high blood pressure uh, sort of status, there's Mm -hmm. two potential ways. One would be you initially had, uh, in the most common example would be an unhealthy diet where uh, you have a lot of triglycerides um, and LDL that's building up in your bloodstream and blocking off the blood flow. Now with that, I definitely think that long-term solutions be significantly reduced and made much much shorter because now it's on a chemical basis but the other sort of pathway that you can get high blood pressure is genetic now our sort of understanding of dna editing is still very premature at this time because we're still Mm -hmm. we're just getting used to new technologies such as crispr cas9 um, that are developing. And we don't yet understand how to perfect that technology so that it would, for example, uh, target the set of genes or mutations that's causing a patient's high blood pressure. And in that case, if you don't have an immediate cure or a definite cure, you're going to have to continue to take a specific medicine day in and day out. It's simply because there's th- there's simply no other option because and you I might like be solving there... the symptoms temporarily, but you're not yeah. solving the yeah. underlying issue.
0: Mm-hmm. aren't there a lot of sicknesses and diseases that develop like over time more yeah. like exponentially, mm-hmm. like yeah. they'll start off with low symptoms, not very serious, but over time they'll get, they'll exponentially increase in, in like the severity. Mm-hmm. And I feel like now that I think about it more for the, for the short term solutions that might be seen to develop that have de- got, have developed like faster Mm-hmm. I feel like they won't always take into account for the long-term effects.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And so I think people will always need long-term solutions because you they have to think doctors and stuff have to think about the future as well, right?
1: Yeah. and to your example of gradually de- like disease that gradually develop, a great example of that would be cancer, right? Mm-hmm. Now, Cancer is an example where as treatments get better, yes, uh, treatment or sorry, as treatment methods get uh, better, yes, treatment periods uh, of of time would get much shorter because we've seen Mm -hmm. in recent years with the great advancement of radiation and chemotherapy, treatment times for for cancer have gone from as long as 20 years to to now five years where something like that is possible. And that's a great example of how, yes, there will be a great um, reduction in the treatment time of many diseases as our exploration and understanding of science and substances and how they interact with each other improves but there will always be a few uh, diseases which can either be novel or simply we just don't know how to treat yet that will always require yeah. long-term solutions
0: I feel like because of the- there's just yeah I feel like go there's ahead, just new ahead. treatments new treatments mm-hmm. that have been developed I, I agree I mean like I acknowledge that there are new treatments that have been developed more and are faster, but mm-hmm. that and those, and like the long-term solutions sometimes have a mutual relationship because mm-hmm. these long-term solutions are sometimes like varied t- so that they take less time. And yeah. just like we are talking about cancer um, and how the, the radiation like um, treatment has gone from 20 years to five years I feel mm-hmm. like it's just now that the long-term solution has just been shortened to a yeah. smaller time span. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
1: And another great example of these long-term solutions would be if you have a handicap, right? If, for example, yeah. you're paralyzed uh, in your legs or you unfortunately lost your legs and you, you can't use them, you don't, you. don't there, there's no definite cure that can just yeah, exactly. bring your legs yeah. back, right? And those require you to go to... Uh, have a caretaker for example and that mm-hmm. still classifies as a long-term solution that might not yeah. be a, a biological solution but it still is a, is a level of care that involves uh the medical industry that will always be needed for a long
0: term yeah but there's something that they just have the proper short-term cures for because in a, if you have like a, a big car crash and you lose two limbs on your body like there's only so much you can do right like mm-hmm. the when it comes to the doctors and um how they're going to treat it um like a caretaker as you were saying is a long-term solution and it's a it's a pretty successful one because you have someone who's there to care for you and when you need the help um Mm -hmm. because of this disability
1: yeah and there's also one more important example that i want to bring under light is diabetes right in in some cases or similar uh disease to diabetes where it's a problem with a specific organ that we can't transplant, right? Because yeah. a lot of people who have cardiovascular issues, if it gets to a certain stage where it's very bad, uh, heart transplants definitely are a viable solution. But if you have an issue with your pancreas, right, such as in the case of diabetes, you can't yeah. just get a pancreas transplant. And that's because of the <laughs> biology of the human body. It's, it's mm-hmm. scientifically impossible with the current technology that we have today without significantly harming the patient. And yeah. something like that is is where if you can't replace the underlying issue, which is the pancreas itself, you can't just remove it, right? Yeah. Then your only viable solution would be a gradual treatment that takes months on end until either, you know, basically until the body learns to fix itself or it becomes yeah. under a like a manageable state because you can always manage the symptoms, but you can't always fix, fix the root cause Mm -hmm. of the problem that you're
0: facing. And sometimes if you just take those short, like, um, like you were saying for the pancreas, if you just take it out, um, I feel like there's a lot of solutions that you might, that be considered almost like a shortcut instead Mm. of taking this long and almost sometimes even difficult route. Mm. Um, taking the shortcut is not always the smartest thing to do because it might lead to even more, more, um, I don't know, like worse, worse effects on your mm-hmm. body. Yeah. And long-term solutions
1: also often include lifestyle changes, right? Because yeah. If, if you think of it as something like going back to, uh, the cancer example, even yeah. if you cured, uh, a certain, uh, a person's cancer within five years, right if they mm-hmm. continue the, the the practices that they that they were doing that led to them developing cancer such as maybe asbestos uh, exposure within their workplace yeah. there's a pretty high chance that they're going to get that same disease again right yeah and definitely yeah then you then again you're just repeating short term it's repeating the process yeah yeah yeah, it's, it just keeps continuing and you're spending more money, you're spending more time and you're having more pain overall instead of having yeah. a long term planned out solution where you maybe, you know, have better workplace environments or you're exercising more often. And all of these yeah. external factors that can really affect how you're feeling on the inside.
0: Yeah, constantly putting high medical treatment, intensive treatment on your body might be good for the time at the moment because yeah. of the current of the current issue but um, overall for your body it's detrimental because yeah. constantly fixing things in your body is only deteriorating it more overall
1: mm-hmm. and as much as our uh, like like the drugs and the prescriptions that we use today can help with treating diseases the best way to avoid all these diseases is to just maintain a healthy lifestyle and yeah. maintaining a healthy lifestyle isn't something you do in the short run. It involves years and years of a constant yeah. daily routine of exercising, sleeping well, eating healthy, maintaining mm-hmm. good social relations, and all of these factors that simply can't be replaced by an immediate short-term solution. As you mentioned, that might seem yeah. uh, that might seem very good at the time, but as you go on, it'll it might end up harming you, uh, in fact, rather than just helping you.
0: Mm-hmm. So here's another point I wanna bring up. So if hospitals have very effective equipment that cover such like a wide spectrum of illnesses, diseases and sicknesses, in the future, will there even be more room for newer technology?
1: I think there definitely will, because although we may think that this is the peak of uh, the speed and effectiveness at which our technology and medicines can help people with their diseases, it's never, the is the limit, you know, all as yeah, they always say. Yeah. If you go back to the 1990s, we would have never thought that almost every American household would have at least one at-home laptop that you can carry around and bring with you anywhere, right? Because exactly. at that time, yeah. computers were huge, right? Some were, you know, almost wider than some people's houses and now they're tiny they fit on your desk yeah they're portable the first and they charge yeah. super
0: quickly yeah the first computers would take up they could be the size of a building mm-hmm. like yeah and think relating back to that like um each time period things that they have the advanced like technology mm-hmm. even though as you said, like the sky's the limit, like there's always more room for improvement. No, Mm -hmm. we're not perfect. Like, so Mm -hmm. if, because we'll never be perfect, there's always some room for some room for improvement, Mm -hmm. such as having like a faster, more safe and more effective products. Um, That will always be helpful when it comes to helping patients or people with sicknesses. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And also
1: like thinking about it, um, if we can't already trust our technology to do everything for us, then that's a clear indication that there's still so much improvement that can be made or else, you know, hospitals wouldn't even need doctors and nurses, as we discussed uh, previously, that we still need all of these humans to do a lot of the jobs that technology can't, meaning there's a lot. and, And the reason is because technology is still really faulty. Like as much as our you know, simple at-home devices have improved, they still malfunction a lot and there's still so much that can be uh, done to make them more convenient and
0: easier to use. And- it's, that, it's that risk factor we were talking about. Mm-hmm. Right yeah. now, we don't trust technology to do everything because we don't want to give it that risk of something malfunctioning. So mm-hmm. right now, we're continuing to widen the spectrum of technology and develop technology more to decrease that risk of malfunctioning mm-hmm. and make the use of this technology safer when it comes to, yeah, treating illnesses, and diseases, and sicknesses.
1: Also, um, there's always new. There's obviously always new diseases that are coming up left, right, left, and right. And one of those, uh, the prime examples of that, obviously, as of right now, is COVID nineteen. Right? No one expected yeah. it to be such such a life changing experience for many people of all ages. Yeah. And when you think about it, the demand for technology that has come within this pandemic is is almost unimaginable. Now that technology is not only a demand for, um, you know, uh, technology that's already been developed. Like a lot more people are getting iPads or you know laptops and stuff like mm-hmm. that to use at home, but also specifically in the medical industry, ventilators. They, I mean, they're being produced at rates like never before and yeah the The amount of
0: ventilators used has transformed Mm. exponentially since the beginning of COVID-19 yeah
1: and And people
0: are finding yeah people are finding newer because before ventilators were or and they still are like very Mm -hmm. expensive yeah that's why they always had the shortage of ventilators yeah and now people are finding newer ways to make cheaper ventilators and then or ventilators that cover um that find more, uh, just like find more, like bring back more statistics Mm -hmm. and things like that.
1: Yeah, and it's created such uh, an economic marketplace uh, in the competition for who develops a vaccine first. But, you know, if you create a new company in the medical industry, you know, maybe it could be a pharmaceutical company that goes for that vaccine. And, you know, you could gain Mm -hmm. worldwide recognition for that, um, as we're seeing right now in its development stages, or you could be, you know, There's so much room for a new company uh, within that marketplace that goes hand in hand with that vaccine, like syringes or, you know, again, ventilators or just anything that will help patients uh, move around and feel comfortable even while they're undergoing treatment. And that brings up another point that I think we should discuss, which is what parts, you know, what parts of the medical industry should new and upcoming uh, businesses focus on?
0: I think it's mostly related to, um, whatever is currently happening. So like relating back to what you just talked about, um, Mm. did you ever think that masks would be such an important thing in the day to day, in your day to day life? No, definitely. No. Right. And now people and companies are trying to find out ways to, um, make cheaper masks, more effective masks. Like the N95 masks, when COVID had just hit hard, mm-hmm. they went out of stock in an instant. And yeah, they'd be selling yeah. 15 N95 masks for like $100. Like that was, yeah, that was yeah. crazy.
1: And it's not no just N95 did, masks. Yeah. It's like the normal masks that their prices the normal shot masks out.
0: as well, yeah. Mm-hmm. And N95 masks in the beginning were considered to be the most effective, which is why they yeah. went out of stock so quickly. But mm-hmm. now the mask industry has gone it's, it's gone crazy up like it's mm-hmm. it's almost mind-blowing how this has become an, an, an like part of an in, like an industry in the medical industry mm-hmm. yeah and so yeah back to the question like what parts of the medical industry should new companies focus on I mm-hmm. think it varies from time to time based mm-hmm. on the situation yeah I definitely agree uh, but I think as of right now, for me personally,
1: I think actually like the shipping and handling of medicine would be the best. And here's here's why. So many of the other categories uh, like technology or pharmacy or just general at-home items, those are kind of commonplace in in the economy right now, uh, especially within the United States. And I think the way to make the most profit would be a breakthrough company in an area that hasn't really been, that, that's been developed, but that can uh, has a lot of room for improvement. So we've yeah. always, when you think about the shipping and handling of medicine, you think, well, I mean, there's so much verification that needs to happen. You need to meet with your doctor. You need to do all this stuff in order to get a prescription medicine delivered yeah. to your house, right? But then you see, and and that idea kind of restricted us for years and decades. But then you saw a, a few years ago, a company called Roman, which, mm-hmm. which was an absolute breakthrough company there. Their profits and their revenues shot up so much, and they're still making a lot of money. And they're at the forefront of uh, at-home medicine and convenience uh, in our modern world. And what they do is basically they they allow you to meet up virtually with a doctor without even having to share personal information like your name.
0: Yeah, you you, you know
1: where you live with that the, doctor. yeah.
0: It's like the anonymity, like the staying yeah. like anonymous, like mm-hmm. that played such a big factor. Like it's just yeah. a human tendency that humans just don't like to ask other humans for help, you know? Yeah. It's like, especially when
1: it's something like private, like that, that you're not, yeah. you're not proud of. It's, it's kind of like, you know, it's yeah. like, yeah. not, it might be
0: it. a serious, it might be, yeah, it might be a serious issue, but mm. it's just that tendency that it, it's, it's a private issue and you don't want to like talk to someone face to face about it. Cause you're just embarrassed or, yeah. or you just and, don't like talking about it. And now like back to the, like this Roman company, um, mm. Having it like I, I read into it and it's like an non- anonymous, um, like you don't meet with the doctor face to face. You mm-hmm. just like tell like what's going on, like what the problem is, and they'll treat it based on that. Right. Yeah. I think so. you have a thing about um, Roman is, you know, when they give you the
1: package, it's in like this red box with just a tiny symbol on it. Like you can't even tell it's a pharmaceutical mm-hmm. box by looking at someone's front porch. And what it's allowed for is you can get so many different types of medicine for all your private conditions and not be forced to stay home because you're scared to talk about it with your doctor. And you're so much more open with the people you, with the doctors you discuss with online because, you know, they don't know who you are and you don't have to, you know, present yourself in front of them. And I think that would be uh, a really cool thing for more companies. I think basically yeah
0: it's like if you think about it in like the real world like would you Mm -hmm. rather would you care about what you're really talking about if you're talking to a stranger that you know you're never going to see in your life again Mm -hmm. yeah or 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 relative to like a person that you're going to be seeing for a couple years like over and over again it's like once you once you don't know the person and you don't have that um like that face-to-face, like repetition of meeting the same person, you're more straightforward about like what the issue is and, and like mm-hmm. what you need help with. Yeah. It just eliminates that paranoia factor. Thanks for listening to this episode of one level in and make sure to follow us on Instagram at one level in on Twitter at one level in colon the podcast and feel free to contact us at our email, which is one LVL at gmail.com.